Bibles, I'll be reading from John 3, verses 14 through 18. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth in Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believeth in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Thank you, Jeff. Good morning, church. It's great to see each and every one of you here today. And if you're visiting, we'd like to ask that you will stay around a few moments after our services so that we might get to know you better. I don't know about you, but I do not like time change. I don't like when time moves forward, you know? I don't like when they add to our time. I mean, everything goes wrong, right? I mean, I even got up early this morning despite not having set our clocks back. Thank you, cell phone. And I was up in plenty of time, left in plenty of time, moseyed on in here, and realized, I don't have my iPad. And so I called Greta, are you at home? No, I need my iPad. I'll go back and get it. So if you're in the nursery, if you have a child in the nursery, it's my fault Greta was late this morning. Everything goes wrong, right? I mean, look, I even have a bad hair day. And then we get after Bible class and the internet's messed up. I mean, everything messes up when time changes, doesn't it? And so, this morning, my mind has been flooded with things over this weekend. Uh, Several of us men talked about how Friday evening we were not able to sleep well, thinking about all the things we were learning, being encouraged by, but also being challenged by. And then a hectic day this morning. And so what I want us to do, I want to challenge you this morning. Let's forget about the time. I promise you I'm not going to go long, but let's forget about the time. Because I need a moment. In this crazy morning, I need a moment to realize, to remember, to reflect why we even gather here this morning. This lesson today is one that's very familiar to us. And because of that, I want us to pause for just a moment and reflect and search our hearts and search our minds. Clear those of things uh, that are are going on in your life because this is a message, not because I'm presenting it, but because it is from God, because it's directly from Jesus Christ to Nicodemus and to those of us that will read it this morning. And that's where it comes from. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank You for being in our presence today. We thank You for this opportunity to come together to worship You. Thank You. Father, we are moved by how deep Your love is for us. 
we are moved when we sing songs like the greatest commands. Father, thank You for Your love. And Father, there may be lots of things going on in our mind, and this has been a crazy, crazy morning. Father, we want to pause. And we want to reflect on You. And we want to reflect on the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, a lot of people do a lot of different things to show love, don't they? A lot of people will go to great lengths. I'm reminded of a, a story of a, young, of a man who was driving down a, a out-of-the-way, two-lane road out in the rural part of the country. And as he drove down the road, he noticed off the road, he noticed this barn, this shack-like building, and plastered scrawled across the side of that shack in chalk-like wet letters was, I love you, Kathy. And he just smiled as he saw that and chuckled to himself. And a few weeks later, as he was driving down that same road, he was astonished and amazed and surprised because out in the field, not only was the sign, the letters not there, the whole barn was missing. And he drove down a little bit farther and he noticed written, scrawled out in chalk-like letters, letters on the back of this big street sign, I still love you, Kathy. People will go to great lengths, will they not? To show their love. I'm also reminded that during the 17th century, Oliver Cromwell, the Lord, Lord Protector of England, sentenced a, so, a soldier, a young soldier, to death because of his crimes. The execution was to take place at the curfew bell. Yet, the bell did not ring. You see, the young soldier's fiance climbed up the bell tower and grabbed onto that great clapper and kept it from ringing. And when she was summoned by Cromwell, in tears crying, she showed him the bruises on her hands, her hands bleeding, and he was moved. And he said, your love will live tonight, for the curfew bell will not ring. People will go to great lengths to show others that they love, right? Well, today, we want to notice the greatest love story of all time that revealed the greatest action of true love in John chapter 3. You remember Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He had cleansed the temple. He was trying to remind those people it's, it's more than what you're doing. And Nicodemus comes to him by night. And Nicodemus is uh, discussing with Jesus. And Nicodemus, or Jesus reminds Nicodemus, listen Nicodemus, it's not about going up to the temple and looking holy and, and looking religious and all those things. It's about believing in me that leads to action. You need to be born again. And then in that same discourse... In verse 14, he shares with Nicodemus a story that Nicodemus should know. By the way, read the churches in the book of Revelation. It 
is interesting that in those churches, Jesus uses language of things that are going on in those cities. Icons are things that they are around them. And Jesus uses that to tell them what condition they're in. Jesus here uses a story that Nicodemus should know. It comes from Numbers chapter 21. It's the story of when the children of Israel were out in the wilderness wandering, And they sinned against God by constantly complaining. And as a result, God sent fiery serpents into their midst. Many were bitten, many died. And so they come to Moses and they cry out and they say, We have sinned. Pray to the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. Isn't it interesting when difficulties come, whether it's just a part of life or um, a, a result of our sin? Oftentimes our natural instinct is, Oh, now we turn to God. God, please take these away. But notice what God did. He didn't take away the serpents. So Moses prayed and God said to him, Make a fiery serpent, a serpent of brass, and set it on a pole. And it shall be that any, everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he shall live. Through their faith and obedience, they believed what God said and they obeyed what God said. And as a result, they were saved. And then in verse 15, he tells him why that's happening. He said, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Same thing, through faith and obedience, believing what God has said and doing what God has said, you can be saved. And then we have probably the greatest passage of all time. I mean, we see it plastered in uh, sports stadiums, right? It's plastered on t-shirts. Uh, some religious athletes will put it on their eye black. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And he follows that up with verse 17 and he says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You see, it's interesting when we break down John 3.16. The Bible says, For God. You see, that's the greatest author of all time. Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, In the beginning, what? God. created. He's talking about the Creator. The psalmist would say in Psalm 46 and verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. Now let that sink in. For God. The psalmist said, Be still and know that I am God. Jesus said, For God. One person said this, notice it on the screen. If we spent a little more time getting to know Him, he might, we might find ourselves in true awe and wonder of who He is. Of His majesty. Of His power. And of His glory. He goes on and he says, For God, words cannot describe Him. 
<clears throat> Minds cannot conceive Him. Man cannot contain Him. Evil cannot defeat Him because He is God. He is not the man upstairs or a good buddy. He is God. For God, the greatest author, so loved the world, the greatest action. The word used there for love is that agape love. That unconditional love that began with God and is exemplified in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He so loved the world, the world of mankind. Though the world was evil, though the world was sinful, though the world was fallen, God still so loved the world. And He still loves the world today. The world is unable to save itself by itself. That's why God sent Jesus. You see, if there's one thing we want you to remember today, is that God loves you. And God loved you so much that He acted. Paul said in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, but God demonstrates, you see, God demonstrates, God reveals, God shows His love toward us in that while we were still saying, how great the Father's love is for me while I'm a sinner. Christ died for us. John also writes in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10 and 19 in his epistle, in this is love not, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We love because He first loved us. Such love was so vast, so wonderful, so incomprehensible that the only words John could reveal to us is that God so loved the world. But that's not it. God so loved the world that He gave the greatest gift. His only begotten Son. The word used there is monogenes. It means unique. It means one of a kind. There is no other. There's no one like Jesus. No one better than Jesus. The Hebrew writer tried to get those listeners to, to understand that. There's no one better than Jesus. Jesus is far better. Imagine the greatest birthday gift that anyone could give you. Imagine the greatest Christmas gift that anyone could give you. And Jesus is far better. Imagine the ideal situation in your life. And Jesus is far better. He's the greatest gift. Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. How great, how deep the Father's Love, that's some gift, isn't it? God loved us so much that He gave man what he needed 
And folks, if that's not love, I just don't know what is. In the words of Isaiah, he reminds us of the uh, magnificence of this gift and the magnitude. Isaiah 53 verses 5 and 6. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. How deep the Father's love. For God, the greatest author, so loved the greatest action that He gave the greatest gift. Why? That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest purpose. Jesus said in Luke 19 and verse 10 that He came to seek and to save the lost. And folks, isn't that the greatest purpose? People all over the world are searching for purpose and that's the greatest purpose. You want to know purpose? Jesus came to save you from sin. How deep the Father's love because He wants you to be in Heaven. God doesn't wish that anyone should perish. Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. But His wish is that all should come to repentance. That's the greatest purpose. For God, the greatest author, so loved the greatest action that He gave the greatest gift, His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the greatest purpose. And folks, that's the greatest love story of all time. No novel could be better. No soap opera or love movie could be better. So what's the message for Nicodemus? And for the world. Here it is. Jesus says, I know you, Nicodemus. I know man, chapter 2, verses 23 and following. I know what's in man. I know you, Nicodemus. And I know the only reason you believe is because of the signs that you have seen. And this is what I want you to know, Nicodemus. I want you to know that... uh, It's not because of of what you're necessarily doing. It's not because of you're keeping the law or you're wanting to do what's right. It's not just because you're going up to the temple for worship, Nicodemus. Well, worship is important. But the attitude in which we worship and the life in which we live, Nicodemus, and the world, that's what's important. It's not about just looking religious. It's about being a Christian. You see, it's about a belief that will lead to a life of transformation and obedience. The transformation that takes place 
from a caterpillar to a butterfly. That's very similar to the transformation that should take place because of Jesus Christ, because of the love of the Father and His deep love for me. That changes who I am. That changes my action. That's how deep the Father's love is. Jesus explains to Nicodemus that God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him the world might be saved. That's good news, right? These Jewish leaders, especially the Pharisees, seemed like they lived... It seems like they lived a life of joy being able to condemn everybody else. And isn't it interesting that Jesus tells Nicodemus, you see Nicodemus, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. His purpose was that through Him the world might be saved. God wishes that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't work that way, Nicodemus. Because He loved His creation of mankind so much that He gave His only begotten Son. You see, condemnation comes when I choose not to believe or act on that belief. And those who choose not to believe, they do not like the light because it exposes their sinfulness. And Jesus says, those who choose to believe and practice the truth, their deeds are clearly seen. John MacArthur said it this way, Believers hate their sin and love righteousness. They have nothing to hide and thus no reason to fear what the light will reveal. Isn't it amazing that despite knowing this truth, despite knowing that mankind loved darkness, that God sent Jesus anyway. And Jesus came. It's very similar to in John 13 when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Did you catch it when you read that? Jesus knew His betrayer. And Jesus takes that towel and that basin of water and He washes Judas's feet anyway. You want to know how deep the Father's love is? That's how deep the Father's love is. Jonathan Stormont preaches out in Texas in a blog talking about the faith of Dr. Kent Brantley when he contracted the Ebola virus while serving in Liberia. He writes this, When things looked the worst for Kent Brantley, the world looked on the most. And, he, and as he was facing his own mortality, this husband and father of two found out that there was an experimental serum that was being flown in to treat him and his assistant Nancy. But as if it were a plot twist in a movie. Once the medicine got there, they discovered that there was only enough for one person. And Kent offered it to Nancy. 
Jonathan writes, I don't know what that piece of the story did to you, but I can tell you when I heard that, it made my heart both break and swell at the same time. In a world where everyone is fighting to get theirs, here's a guy who isn't. And everyone in the world was paying attention. He says, I know that was a hard decision to make to not take the medicine so that someone else could have it. But I'm pretty sure I know how long it took him to make it. You don't make that kind of decision without years and years of practice. Without years of watching your brothers and sisters in Christ around you make sacrifices. And you don't make a spur of the moment decision like that without having the story of Jesus capture your heart and your imagination. And isn't that true? And in a similar way, Jesus says, I've come to take your place. How deep is the Father's love? It's deep. So what does all this mean? Father God knows that man loves darkness rather than light. And because of His great love for mankind, He sent Jesus anyway. And folks, that's the truest love story ever. So what does God want? God doesn't want me just to look religious. God doesn't want me just to talk religious. God doesn't want me just to follow the law of Christ or for Nicodemus the law of Moses. But He wants those who believe and because of their belief, it leads to a transformed, changed Life before a world that loves darkness. That's what God wants. God wants us to be all in because God is all in. Has God captured our hearts today with this love story to the world? Have we fallen so in love with Jesus that we can't help but to surrender our life to Him in faith and obedience? Have we fallen so in love to Jesus with Jesus that we can't help but to commit our lives to Him and His church? And here's the pivotal question for us to answer today. Am I in love with Jesus. If not, why not? Because God loves you so much that He gave the greatest gift because He wants you through faith and obedience to Him to be in heaven. God loves us so much that He wants us to receive salvation from sin. Satan wants to make sin pleasurable. Wasn't it Moses that said, you know, I would rather suffer with the people of God instead of enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. Oh now, uh, Moses wasn't perfect. But Hebrews 11 tells us he did live by faith. And for the most part, did live by obedience. 
Are you here today? Are you in love with Jesus? Because God loves you that much. Are you ready to surrender to Him, to commit to Him? Are you ready to show your faith and obedience and make that declaration that I believe Jesus is the Son of God to die to your old self? That now you can, uh, after raising out of that watery grave of baptism, now you can go on your way rejoicing, Paul says, because the love of Christ now compels us to also share that love. You see... You see the circle? God loved us so much that He wants us to be saved. Therefore, through our salvation, because we in turn love Him so much, we want other people to be saved. That's the greatest love story of all time. And if you want to be a part of that story, we want to help you today as together we stand and sing. Why did he choose a lowly bird?